Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I have my friend Mina Davenport here with me. Thanks for joining me, Mina. Yes, thanks for having me, Ashley. I had someone I was with yesterday say, how do you know Mina? That conversation you had with her a few months ago was really helpful. And so it was fun to share how we got connected and then just to hear that some of these conversations we're having are actually helping people as parents, as moms, as wives, and then today just maybe related to body image. So you wrote this awesome article about the gospel and body image. And I just think that this is probably not a topic that everybody comes to small group or home group or Bible study, raising their hand saying, I have an issue with this. But I would say if everyone was really honest, probably the vast majority of women struggle with this in some mm -hmm. way, shape or form. And so your article was awesome. I'll link it in the show notes. But maybe before we jump into the questions, what prompted you to write that? Because you wrote it recently mm -hmm. and it was fourth child postpartum that kind of brought some things to the surface again. Yeah, I would say. So as I mentioned in the article, it's something that I've struggled with for a very long time. Uh, but particularly after each kid, I noticed this resurfacing and resurgence of body image issues. And I think finally, after Asaph was born, my my fourth baby, I just I realized I need to figure out what is the root of what's going on. And I need to address this more than just, you know, I shouldn't care about what I look like. Let's push that aside. You know, mm -hmm. so decided to finally dig deeper into what was going on in my heart. Why was I struggling with this? And what are some answers as found in the Bible? It's awesome because like you say in this article, which I hope everyone will go read when we're done there, you can just kind of push the issues to the side or put a band aid on this gaping deeper wound that's infected and the bandage just not enough. It mm -hmm. might help you through the next day, the next week, but not through the years of what the deeper wound may be causing in your life. So mm -hmm. one thing you said in the article was um, after you became a Christian, you had the thought that these body image struggles would magically disappear. And I would probably say that a lot of people think that it's like, mm -hmm. how can I still struggle with this as a believer? But you mm -hmm. said, Nope, that wasn't the case. So share a little bit about why you think we believe that it should magically disappear after becoming a believer and why it didn't. Yeah, that's a great question, Ashley. I So I share sometimes with people about how I had struggled with bulimia and I struggled with it a few years into becoming a believer and people you know, seem shocked at how could that be? And I felt shocked at how am I still struggling with this you know, into becoming a believer? And I think one, because when Christ saves a person and he transfers them from the kingdom of darkness into the you know kingdom of light, there is a spiritual renewal that happens in a person. And so they really are now made morally right before God. But that does not mean now that we are in action morally perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think of the verse in, first, in uh, Philippians 1 that says that, um, we're being made new until Christ 
appears. And so there is this reality of our struggles will probably continue until the day that we die. And so I think body image for me, at least, is one of those ones where I've seen it for the last 11 years continue to to come up and and I'm still struggling with it. Right. And you're not saying, well, it just is what it is. This is what I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to fight to overcome it because we don't know if God is going to free us from it completely on the side of heaven or not. And so we can't just assume this has been a decade or 20 years or however long in the making that this is just the thorn in my flesh. I think I've believed that at times mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily true. It could mm -hmm. be, and it could be the thing that God keeps you humble with, but it's not necessarily the story of everyone. And so we have to fight for freedom, fight for um, God to redeem that area of our life. And that's why we can't be complacent and just comfortable and justify sin because it is sin. And then I think calling it sin. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some people are going to say it's, it's definitely in the realm of mental health, but I know for me, and I can't speak for everyone, of course, I know you wouldn't either, but for myself, it's sin. I'm choosing what I think's best for myself over what God thinks is best. And I'm elevating what he never said to elevate, which was beauty and appearance and what other people think. Mm -hmm. And so those things are called idols, which mm -hmm. is, you know, in the first um, commandment that, you know, God would say, don't worship any other God other than him. Mm -hmm. And so now I've elevated these other things to that. Yes. And one thing you, you say too, is that we strive after this unachievable standard, which I love that unachievable. It's not just a standard that's possible. It's mm -hmm. unachievable. And even the person that you think has achieved it probably either has wrecked themselves getting there. Mm -hmm. And I've heard lots of women share that, like, don't model yourself after me. That was a very dark season of deprivation of sleepless nights. Cause I was so, you know, just distorted in the body hormones and chemicals because of the starvation and things mm -hmm. that to their body. And so even if somebody has achieved what we think is the unachievable, it's probably not in a way that is healthy for them or for anyone around them, all the people that mm -hmm. you know are in their lives. And so we do this at the cost of our health, our friendships, our freedom and our joy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why? Could you speak to that in that article? Why do you think we, we do that? Yeah. And that's a really good question. It's multi-layered. I think there's can be different root motivations into why people do it. Um, I did before writing the article, I asked several friends like, hey, tell me, why do you think at the very heart of why you struggle with body image issues? Why do you think that is? And every single person said, because they want to be praised and worshiped by men. And so I think, and, and I would say it's the exact same thing for me. And I don't know about you, Ashley, but I'm sure a lot of other people can say the same thing. We want to be venerated. We want to be the people who, we want the worship of men. And so really one, it's unachievable because we are not God. Um, and we can't ever be perfect because we have been broken by sin. Our body will decay no matter how much plastic surgery, how much money we pour into it, you know, no matter what. And then what's crazy is you have different perspectives of what beauty is, right? So even culturally, and then even within the United States, one person thinks this is beautiful. Another person thinks that is beautiful. So it's just unachievable in that you can't be God. And you, you can't even please man because everybody has these different perspectives of what's beautiful. 
And when you say man, you don't mean just men. Yes, correct. You mean man and woman. Because you might think, well, I don't struggle with wanting men's attention. But you just comparing your body to the other mom's postpartum body mm -hmm. or wanting their praise of your postpartum body. That's mm -hmm. the same thing. And I yes. knew that's what you meant. Yeah. But the, I think the reality is it's counting the cost. Like, is it worth what I'm losing essentially? And that mm -hmm. could be friendships, but as a mom, what am I teaching my kids and what are they witnessing of me when I'm holding this idol so tightly? It impacts those little ones around us because if they come in line with that idol that you're worshiping, they will be impacted negatively, most likely by you lashing out or just showing them where they fall in the totem pole of um, priority or hierarchy. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you say, you can't just not care about what we look like. That's not going to solve the issue. Mm -hmm. And you've tried that. I would say I've considered that. I didn't get past probably the front door of my house, you know, like I'm just not going to care today. Or I thought yeah. if I move to Africa, there's just no mirrors anywhere. And so I spend less time body checking and comparing because it's just not on your radar. You're thinking survival more than how can I compete with this other person? So mm -hmm. just not caring doesn't solve the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think of in uh, Proverbs, it talks about how out of the heart flow the wellsprings of life. And so mm -hmm. what's inside of our heart is what's going to come out in our actions. Right. And, and we know that our hearts are deceitful and wicked. And, and I don't mean that in a, you know, people can kind of shun back from that. I mean that in a, you know, we, we seek satisfaction in anything apart from the Lord. And so when we see like for myself, you know, I saw myself seeking satisfaction in the praise of others in a, in a good, you know, nice fit body looking a certain way. And that was showing what was inside of my heart. Now, mm -hmm. if I were to just say, okay, stop caring mean about what you look like. Don't put money anymore into this. Like you don't need this. You're missing the issue that I'm seeking for satisfaction mm -hmm. in something. And so while I might, you know, let's just say I stopped caring about what I looked like. My heart is going to desire satisfaction in something else. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's probably not going to be the Lord. Cause I've already, you know, shown that I'm not seeking satisfaction in the Lord. And so I think trying to put this bandaid on or try to say, I don't care about it anymore is snuffing out the real issue. If we're looking at what is the heart? Why am I even acting like this? Why do I care so much? Then you can start addressing the problem instead of running to something different or, you know, pretending like you don't care, I guess. Right. Jen says that a lot to me. Like when I say, I, I probably should give up real estate. And he's like, no, I know you make an idol of it, but if you put that idol down, you'll find it in another idol. Mm -hmm. Like that's not solving the issue. Like yes. your idolatry will follow you if you don't deal with the root underneath, which is the praise of man, whatever it is that's underneath it. Yes. So you say in the article that the great, um, the greatest commandment is one way you can fight against this obsession with our body image. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. So as I kind of started thinking through how to categorize the issues that I'm seeing, um, the Lord just kept bringing back to mind the greatest command, which is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there's these two ways that I feel like body image, you know, obsession breaks both of those commands, which Jesus even says the entire Bible is summed up in these two commands. So the, you know, those two commands aren't just these two little things inside the Bible. It is, that is summing up the entirety of it. So it's a big deal. If you're breaking both of them, like you're breaking 
the whole law. And so on the first one, not loving the Lord, it's because I'm seeking worship from, you know, I'm trying to be God. And so I'm not putting the Lord above myself. I'm saying, no, I would actually rather get that praise and worship from people. I would rather be looked at as being beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then secondly, I am not loving other people. And I mean, there's so many ways, but I think of, you know, I might use my resource, my money in poor ways that's affecting my family. I, I don't look at my brother or sister in the Lord and think like, how can I serve you? But instead, wow, she's really, she's a lot prettier than I am. You know, I wish, you know, I'm going to start doing my hair this certain way, or I'm going to start doing this or jealousy, envy, you know, these things that come out because we have these idols and if it's threatened in any way, we're not going to love the people around us. So it's just, it's this breaking of two very essential things. And and kind of what you had mentioned too, Ashley, like calling it for what it is, which is sin, is so important because that's the beginning to a breakthrough. If you just think it's kind of this non-issue, you're not going to seek healing and restoration where the scriptures does offer that, which is really cool too. Yeah. I think that was really awakening for me when I read the article of, I am sinning against my brother and my sister when all I am worried about is getting their worship because I can't love them well. I can't serve them. I can't think outside myself if I am serving the idols that I've made, which are myself, body image, whatever. So thinking about that, you might sit back and say, well, this is just something I struggle with. It doesn't impact other people. Well, there's a perfect example of how you show up to a party, an event, a birthday, and it's all about you and how you measure up and your worth is defined by how you measure up. And sometimes you're going to measure up in your mind and you're like, Whoa, I did good. Like you said in your article, and other times you're going to show up and you're going to like, I fall short and it's going to obliterate you and your worth and how you feel and how you minister or love or don't do those things in that mm-hmm. time. Yeah, that's really good. So this next question might be more practical. Um, so I want to ask you how you specifically you, Mina, mm-hmm. fight the temptation now not to nurture these harmful habits because that's what we're doing. We nurture them on a daily basis mm-hmm. with the little things we do. And, you know, my tendency, all or nothing, is to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And that doesn't help. That's that whole mm-hmm. thing of like pretending like I don't care anymore. Yeah. I'm going to put an idol with something else. So, what are some specific examples you could give of fighting this temptation now? I think one of the very first things I think of is the principle in the Bible that talks about putting something off and putting something else on. And so the putting off, meaning put off your old ways and put on something new. So practically what that looks like is um, I need to put off what I sometimes consume mentally because Mm -hmm. it really affects the way that I think. So for example, I went through a stint where I was looking up all kinds of uh, facial hair or um, skincare products, you know, YouTube videos and whatever. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with looking up tips and tricks, but I was filling my mind with this, that I started to see myself being affected in the way that I viewed people, what I was thinking about constantly, you know, even again, wanting to spend money on maybe things that we couldn't afford to spend it on. And so there's this putting off of like, okay, for this season, I need to not be watching these YouTube videos anymore. I need to instead be putting on the scriptures and filling my mind with good things, um, guarding my mind and heart in Christ Jesus. So there's that very practical, like just actually spending time in the word each day, even if it doesn't talk about body image, which is so important. It just gets your eyes off of yourself and onto the Lord and onto others, which is what it's calling us to do. Um, I think also 
very practically, I don't even have a full length mirror in my house. <laughs> and this might not work for everybody, but it just is helpful for me to not always be looking into the mirror. Um, I don't have them necessarily everywhere. Well, we just got one downstairs in our living room, but you know, just trying not to constantly be gazing at what I look like. It just helps to kind of get my eyes off of myself if I'm not actually physically looking at myself. Um, and then I do have to ask myself when I don't want to eat certain types of food because it might make me feel fat or if I'm now again starting to maybe spend more money on something because it's going to make me look prettier or whatnot. Just that quick repentance to the Lord. And I don't do this perfectly, but just repenting to the Lord and asking for help and grace to, um, to get my eyes off of myself to remember the Lord. And I've been praying uh, in, in the Psalms where it says to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so just asking the Lord, help me to remember eternity. This isn't all that matters. Like this is not the end of the, you know, this is not an end in and of itself, but your glory is Lord. And, and so, and it's a constant, I mean, if not daily thing, so it doesn't, it doesn't go away magically, but just, okay, Lord, you forgive and help me, give me strength to walk forward in your grace from this moment. And I would say some practical things that are helpful to me is like, people ask me, why aren't you just addicted to Facebook? And it's like, because if I was, I would feel terrible most of the time. And so I just, I think I told you early on, I don't follow most people. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't handle the bombardment of beauty or of standards that I can achieve. And so I leave that feeling worse about myself mm -hmm. it does not bring me to a good place. And so that's a practical place. Yes. I'm reading a book right now where it's just encouraging, like unfollow people who talk a lot about diets or mm -hmm. taking pictures of this new keto meal and yes not in a mean way or a judgmental way just like that i'm in a season that's not helpful yes. um i think i've said before like i cannot look at fitness magazines or just any magazine at the checkout i'm not looking i'm not picking it up that's temptation for me like you mm -hmm. said that's not in and of itself sin and other people could look at that and totally not be in sin for mm -hmm. me it takes me down a road of wanting what I don't have coveting those things. And so it's just not a good place for me to even yeah. start. You yeah. Know, so just put a boundary. Yeah. And that's a really good point too, Ashley, that it's, you know, it's not one size fits all. What might work for me might not work for you and might not work for another person, but it comes down to that principle of, I want to obey the Lord with everything inside of my being. I want to love the Lord. I want to love my neighbors. So help me Lord, figure out what are ways that I can not be thinking about myself all the time. And it's going to come and, you know, say, I, that's a good one that you mentioned just Facebook or Instagram, because you can compare so easily. And sometimes taking a step back is, is showing that heart of wisdom. So you said in the article that we're fighting the wrong battle. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I think you have mm -hmm. to some extent, is there anything more you want to share about this battle that we might be fighting it the, the wrong one? Yeah, I, I, I do want to touch on that. I think sometimes we think the battle with self image or self-esteem issues is just to like praise ourselves more or to get people around us that tell us, no, you really are beautiful. You really are skinny. You really are, et cetera. <laughs> and that the real battle is not actually what we look like. There is something much deeper, whether that's again, that going back to wanting to be God. And it's so funny because you say that and we never in the day think to ourselves, like, I'm going to wake up and try to be like God today, you know? So it takes thinking, it takes um, analyzing the scripture and whatnot to see that in our heart. But those, those are the real reasons for why we are displaying these issues. And no amount of 
somebody telling you how pretty you are or, or not even just that, but also seeking to know all the newest beauty tricks and tips. They're only skin deep, truly. They are not going to fix what's coming from the heart. So that's not the battle we should be fighting. Right. And kind of along the same lines, you say that culture would say this is a self-esteem issue, which I totally agree. You could go um, psychologically, they'd say you need to bolster up your self-esteem. You need to pat yourself on the back, love yourself, you know, follow your heart, all those things that were like, don't do that. Don't, that's not, not the issue. It's essentially a sin issue. And Mm -hmm. until you're able to identify that, I think you will fight the wrong battle. Mm -hmm. You might try to bolster your self-esteem or um, miss the mark of this is really my desire to do things my way and not trust that I am made in God's image and that Mm -hmm. he deserves the glory, not myself. Yeah. Which is hard. It really is. Um. So we've talked about this too, that this focus on body image really is a form of idolatry. Would you, that's a hard thing to come up, you know, talking to a friend and they're sharing their, their struggle, let's say with food, exercise, bulimia, anorexia, beauty, obsession. And to say, you are committing idolatry. (laughs) I think they might look at you and laugh. Yeah. They realized a little bit more, but I mean, break that down a little bit. How is this? idolatry. Yeah. So an idol is anything that we worship that is not God. It's something that is created, uh, not the creator himself. So it can be ourselves. It can be an inanimate object. It can be another person, etc. And so when we are seeking to make ourselves the most beautiful, again, to be praised by others mm-hmm. um, or to defy death in some way, you know, that we're never aging, then we are putting ourselves as the one to be worshipped. And and that's a serious, you know, it's a serious problem. I think something that's really encouraging from, you know, we see that we have these idols in our heart and the good news is that Jesus has come and, and has, you know, he, all the idols are powerless in comparison to his power. So even when we keep seeing every day, I see this idolatry. Why do I keep going back to the same problem, Lord? And he his love is just so much more wooing that he continues to draw me back to himself, which is just really encouraging. I'm going to quote one thing from the article because I love it. You just said, um, you claim that one of the solutions is to love your neighbor as yourself, which is from the Bible as one of the greatest commandments. You say, when we care so much about our body image, it's like we're walking around with a mirror always held in front of our faces. Instead of seeing the needs of the people around us, we only see ourselves and how others make us look, mm-hmm. which is let that sink in for a second. Like when we're so focused on ourselves, it's like we're walking around with a mirror in front of our face. So we're totally missing all the needs, the hurt, the pain around us. And all we're concerned about is what do you say about me? How do you make me look? That yes. feels dark is the first word that comes to my mind. Just like, man, that that's not what I thought kind of nurturing to use your word, like nurturing this obsession would lead to Mm -hmm. anything that is not God that we're worshiping. It does. It tricks us into thinking that this is innocent, that this is normal, Mm -hmm. that you um, maybe struggle with this alone and nobody else would ever understand you. Mm -hmm. And so it, 
is mind boggling and eye opening to think how self-centered this struggle can be. And mm -hmm. if you continue to nurture it and walk this path, how deep into it you can get. And I think we've seen this. We, you see it in Hollywood all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that I'm not in Hollywood for that very reason. Because I don't think I could handle it. That type mm -hmm. of pressure. So it's not me judging them, but I see the just they're comparing to one another and wanting to measure up. And then what they the more money they get to look a certain way and just how that could feed that addiction and that fear and that insecurity until they're where they are, whether that's suicidal or dead, often mm -hmm. or just yeah. left alone. So anything else you'd say about that comment and where that idea came from of just walking around with a mirror in front of yourself? Yeah, I I remember when I first started realizing that this was not just a vertical me between me and God issue, but this is impacting every single person I interact with. I think that was one of the most convicting parts was just that idea of like, yes, I'm sinning against the Lord. That's serious. But I am also truly, I see, instead of seeing you, Ashley, I'm seeing how am I better than you or how are you better than me? And so either I'm putting myself up, I'm raising myself up, or I'm putting myself down and, and yeah, just not having eyes to see what you need, what this person needs. Um, and then again, it can flow into so many other areas of your life and how you use your time and your resources, which impact other people just because you want to be the center. Mm -hmm. And I agree that the pressure is so real in our society. And I think that's where it really does come into like, if it's causing us to sin, we need to put off Instagram, put off Facebook, put off, you know, TikTok, whatever the thing is, because it's powerful. And it, you know, sometimes we let, we think that we're so foolish to run after sin because how could we, how could we do that? But the reality is sin is kind of satisfying in the moment, right? It doesn't ultimately satisfy. Sometimes there's guilt immediately afterwards, but there is this allure of this temporary satisfaction. And so it's kind of no wonder we keep going back to it in some ways, you know, when, when somebody praises us for how we look, it's like, Oh, that felt really good. I want to do that again. Um, instead of seeing the one that everybody should be worshiping is so much more beautiful. Like we have nothing to offer right in and of ourselves it is only the lord that can offer them satisfaction um yeah so it was just really convicting to think i am taking i'm really taking so much from my brothers and sisters when i am focused on myself all the time right and one thing i i think we could try is like when we show up somewhere is prepare ahead of time of like not how am i going to measure up but who's going to be there and what could i potentially anticipate them having issues around. Maybe they share mm -hmm. that they're struggling with their little son in preschool or they've struggled marriage concerns that have come up. You come prepared with that by praying through that and then going straight to them. Even if that you're like, Oh, I don't measure up and you go straight to them and say, I've been praying for you. Mm -hmm. And you lead with that. I just feel like everything would fall off. Like even what we see of them would fall away and we would just see the opportunity to love them mm -hmm. versus love ourselves in sin and selfishness. Yes. But I, I think about that because so much is in my mind. Like Jed has no clue of what's going on before we meet up with people or after what's going on. But if I could take my thoughts captive to say, nope, that's not where I'm going to waste my energy right now. Yes. I'm going to think about how I can love them well. And I'm going to show up serving them instead of show up, 
serving myself. Yes. I think that's one way we could discipline ourselves and our minds to love each other better. Yes. And that's harder, but it's so much more satisfying. It's so yeah. much more satisfying to go somewhere and hang out with some people and to, you know, the best of our ability with the power of the Holy Spirit to love people and walk away from that, you know, thinking, wow, I really sought to point them to Jesus and to love them because of them, not because of what they could give me or how they made me feel about myself. It's so much more satisfying than walking away from something either really discouraged or puffed up with pride. Yeah. And you said this is misplaced worship. So how do we bring it back to where it belongs, which is the Lord ultimately? If it's misplaced, how can we bring it back? Yes, I think that's the probably the most important part after you've done the work of seeing, you know, what your heart is worshiping, where the idols are, why you're going towards those things. We have to put off the old ways and put yeah. on Jesus. And that looks like seeing that God offers so much more you know, I think of um, Psalm 1611, that in his presence is fullness of life and at his right hand are uh, pleasures forevermore. And so just thinking there is so much joy in life and following the Lord and in walking in his commands. And he is beautiful and he saved us. Like the ultimate picture of that is the death, the life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Jesus like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be all theological, but the reality is that's what's going to get me through my days. That's what's going to bring me true joy in my heart. And mm -hmm. so when I start to see God for who he is and how good he is and all of his acts throughout scripture, again, particularly the cross, it just really makes everything look dim in comparison. It's like this life is so short whether people see me or not does not matter if they don't know the Lord. And so I think it just reorients everything into the right perspective, which is hard to do. I mean, again, it's been this battle for years and years. And after each kid, it was like, oh, my body, it's just so messed up and so broken. But when I do take the time to reorient my mind, it's just, it makes it, you know, okay. And I'm going to die and I, nobody will care what I looked like. Right. Yes. Well, thank you, Mina, so much for your time. And I know I benefited from it. I know others will as well. So thank you. And I hope we get to do it again soon. Yes. Thanks, Ashley. All Have right. See you. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.